Hello again, beautiful beings of light, and welcome back to another Expand Podcast episode with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today, I want to talk about pleasure. And no, not in a sexual sense, but in a hedonistic sense. Now, I've always believed that our mind is the epitome of all suffering, to the point where I really tried to just kind of shut down my own mind for quite some time, only to realize that every other aspect of my life suffered because I didn't have access to to my ego. I didn't have access to what I wanted, what I desired, what I pleasured. So I will say, before we get into this concept, that you take everything with a grain of salt, and I believe that the ultimate happiness that we can derive is truly from balance. And that's really what it comes down to. So everything in balance, everything in moderation, and keep that in mind with this episode topic. But this is really important to not only just contemplate, but to apply to your own life. And it's this concept of seeking pleasure. And especially in, you know, 2022 and beyond, we have this base standard where everything in our life derives pleasure and creates pleasure. And I actually think I was just listening to a podcast the other day, and they mentioned that seeking happiness is actually a very Western view. That there was a conversation, I don't know, you know, this is all like kind of secondary information, but there was a conversation, I guess, between a Russian and an American. And the American asked the Russian, do you ever get depressed? And the Russian answered, well, yeah, of course, but I accept it. I'm, I'm okay with not feeling good. And the American was like, oh, well, I reject it. I reject depression. I reject unhappiness. And studies actually show that by fighting depression, by fighting unhappiness, it actually perpetuates that unhappiness. You're not okay with being in that state, so you end up perpetuating it. And so although Russians may have a little bit more of, of this acceptance around depression, and I'm sure the, you know, the Western view is, is different than that, studies also show that Russians are not depressed for as long as, say, Americans are. There is this unspoken agreement in the Western societies that I feel that we all need to be happy all the time, that that is the standard. And if you're not happy, then something's wrong with you. (laughs) And then especially in America, if something's wrong with you, go see a doctor. And what is the doctor going to do? The doctor's going to put you on medication. And what is the medication going to do? It's going to dull out all of your emotions so that you're not really happy, but you're also not really sad. You're just kind of floating. And in some very extreme cases, the doctors will prescribe you pain medication, probably not for emotional stuff, but for physical stuff. Oh, I stubbed my toe and my toe hurts. Okay, cool. Here's some oxycodone. And unfortunately, as we all know, these are gateway drugs because it's a quick fix, because it's a, it's a happy pill. 
Oh my God, I take this drug and all my fears, all my worries just go away. They just vanish. And isn't that nice? So I I just want to mention at the beginning of this that, yes, we all have the responsibility at an individual level to monitor our own hedonistic, pleasure-seeking ways and really observe that within ourselves. But there is a much, much bigger systemic issue that is going to take all of us to solve. It's not a quick fix by any means, you know, pun intended, right? So going back to seeking pleasure, going back to seeking happiness, it really seems like every aspect of our lives right now stimulates some sort of dopamine, amphetamine, serotonin, right? This combination of things that make us feel good. Think about it. We've got, what do we have? Okay, we have Amazon. You you want something? Typically, you would have to go out to the store, shop around, spend a lot of time and energy to find what you want, and then buy it on the spot, and then take it home with you and unpack the groceries and whatever, right? It's a process. And now you just hop onto Amazon, you search for what you want, even if it's a roll of tape, and you buy it, and it gets shipped to you the next day. How incredible is that? No driving, no gas, no, none of that, right? It just blows my mind. And I'm sure that you all have had the same feeling that I have with Amazon. It feels like Christmas. Every time, like, especially when you're moving and you're like, oh my goodness, I got to buy all this stuff. Or maybe you're hosting a party and you want to grab party supplies. You have all of these boxes that just show up and you're like, it's Christmas in July. And you open all the boxes and it feels like it's your birthday. You know, it there's there's this element of satisfaction to that. Not to mention other things that bring us, you know, more subliminal levels of satisfaction like Instagram, right? Facebook. I mean, we, we had this societal debate back in, what was it? When did Facebook begin? 2010, 2009, which is mind-blowing, by the way, how far we've come. But yeah, this whole seeking validation outside of yourself through getting a like, getting a thumbs up, right? And I love all of the art that shows, you know, just this like consuming these likes and and that being your new identity, And that was scary back then. And to be honest, it's even more scary now. Why? Because we're not having the conversation enough. Because the people who were bringing this up, the people who were having this conversation, were not a part of it. And now that everyone's got at least an Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Tinder, I mean, I don't know what the other accounts are, but, you know, we're all probably at some level participating in that social online experiment. And because of that, we know how good it feels to get recognized, to get seen, especially for those of you slash those of us who have always felt weird. For the first time in human history, I can post like, hey, I've got some sort of balloon fetish 
anyone else have that? And people are, you know, they're chiming in and there's random people from all over the world who are interested in the same niche or have the same fetish or, you know, have the same desires. And for the first time ever, you feel seen, even though maybe you don't see the other person on the other end. They have the same experiences. They have the same feelings, the same pleasure-seeking narratives that you do. And that's that's a really good feeling. That feeling of being seen and having that connection is probably the best pleasure-seeking feeling we can get. And a lot of them, a lot of these pleasure-seeking feelings are not good for us. You know, I, I find that community online is incredible, but all the other junk online is not great. Like, uh, you know, I think about one of the original pleasure-seeking mechanisms that we've had are gambling. We've had gambling in our society for not even just generations, but really since the dawning of humanity, right? It's like, I bet that I could uh, go out and hunt more deer than you can. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the indigenous were actually doing that, but gambling has been around for a while. And what we're really seeking with the risk of gambling is the reward of winning. Same thing like jumping out of an airplane. What we're really seeking with the risk of our lives is the reward of landing and having a story to tell about it, you know, and then the adrenaline that comes with it. And one of the most common pleasure-seeking things that honestly, I think we can all, you know, put our tail between our legs and say, yup, I do this is sugar. Oh my God. Talk about the most, yeah, the most common drug out there, to be honest. I really view sugar as a drug. And even though I know that, even though I view it as that, I still indulge, you know, and I I have this rule in my household, especially since I'm the one who who shops for groceries. If you don't buy it, you don't eat it. So I literally just don't buy it. And on the nights when my wife and I are just like super craving a freaking chocolate bar or some Swedish berries or something, we got nothing in the house, which is amazing. So what we end up doing is chopping up some apples and oranges and having those. And we love it. We still love it. And there's still sugar in that. And there's still, but it's way better for us, right? And actually, this brings up a really good point is how do we navigate away from pleasure seeking? And it's funny because in the sugar example, I'm just switching one pleasure for another, right? You're hungry, you want to go for the really bad thing, go for a better thing. And is that really the the way that we do it? You know, for example, right, another um, really commonly and sadly common pleasure-seeking device that we have is our phone. And of course, there's so many different pleasure-seeking aspects of the phone but we have porn, you know, and I've done a couple of videos about this and, and how scared I am for the future generations based on the fact that they all have access to porn from a really young age. And what an easy pleasure-seeking tool. One of the best feelings, way better than sugar or Amazon packages or likes on social media, is... Uh, orgasm. God, you know, that's one of the best, I mean, one of the best feelings. And it's so like, it breaks my heart. Like even just yesterday, Nat and I were watching a, some sort of docu-series on pleasure, uh, which is funny uh, now that I think about it. And, you know, like there's a crazy amount of women who've just never had an orgasm. 
It it's it brings tears to my eyes. You know, we we need more sex therapists out there. We need more people talking openly about sex, and why they can't get to that place of of vulnerability, right? To have that orgasm. But the problem with orgasm being such a powerful sensation, such a powerful experience and drug, is we can have a really quick solo orgasm without the need to indulge in a partner or worry about their wants, needs, desires, or the lighting and the incense and the candles and the music and whatever. (laughs) We could just pull up our phone. Uh, put on a video and 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 have this thing that used to be sacred, just like sugar. You know, back in the day, it was impossible to have the sugar mining fields of South America deliver the sugar uh, to the New World. So, uh, you know, sugar was a very hard thing to get your hands on, and because of that, it it wasn't really added to anything. Now we have sugar added to everything so that our little pleasure sensors are like, mm, I love these potato chips. And it's because they have this like, you know, subliminal level of sugar in them, which is crazy. And it means that we're going to go back and buy the same brand of potato chips. It's just food companies competing with food companies on how good things taste. It's porn industries competing with porn industries on how crazy or even fucked up porn can get, right? It's like compounding and it's a problem. So here's where I think we're going to get to. And then I want to give you some solutions. I think we're going to get to a place, and to be honest, in so many ways, we're already there, where we have so much overstimulation, especially overstimulation of pleasure, that we're going to be competing with ourselves to constantly feel better. And when you compete with yourself, right, and and the interactions that you have to constantly feel better, you continue to avoid the things that don't feel good. It only makes sense at a psychological level. I don't want to feel bad, so I'm just going to shop on Amazon and get instant gratification instead. I don't want to feel bad, so I'm just going to post a better photo of me instead. Like when I learned that people post a photo and see how well it does, only to delete it to post a different photo, I got really scared, (laughs) to be honest. I've never done that before in my life uh, because I don't care. I really could not care less how many likes or views something gets. And it took me a while to get here. I definitely didn't start here, and I was definitely very affected by whether or not people liked me online or liked what I had to say. I just don't care anymore. It's too much energy, to be honest. I truly believe in what I'm talking about, and that's all that matters in my own reality. And I believe that what I talk about can help shift and change the world. And as long as that's always kind of my base level of why I do what I do and why I post what I post, then I'm steadfast. No no nasty comment you know, or Christian view can can shift me away from my beliefs, right? So besides the point, we need to realize that there are a lot of distractions out there, and the majority of the distractions are all pleasure-seeking. And because of those pleasure-seeking distractions, we need to be very aware of what we are consuming, 
what we are indulging in, what we are choosing every single day, moment to moment. Like one of the best examples that I have is especially here in in Canada, because, you know, there there are parts of America, basically, that are just nice and beautiful and sunny without a cloud in the sky all the time. But especially here in Ontario, there's a lot of like variations of weather. And I made this realization many years ago that I was outside after a very long winter and I was just doing some like sun gazing, sun bathing, sun worshiping, whatever. And I was just like so in my bliss, like just loving and soaking up every moment of sun. And then all of a sudden a cloud came over and it was like, it was so cold and chilly and uh, a sharp breeze came by and, you know, it it was like the worst thing ever. And I'm like, oh, I had this download, this realization that if all we ever expect, if all we ever want is sun all the time then we're not actually allowing ourselves to master this reality. And in so many ways, this reality, like on planet Earth, is a microcosm of the macrocosm of the entire universe. And I'm not even going to go into explain that because it's a lot to go into, and I'm going to do a whole other episode on that. But we're here in a very polarizing place to experience both of those energies to experience the darkness and the light. And so nowadays, I'm at a place where when something traumatic, when something scary, when something challenging happens to me in my life, that would be extremely challenging for anyone else. So let's call it like objectively challenging, not like a fluffy challenge. I, most of the time, sometimes I have like a reaction But most of the time, I'm able to catch myself and step back from the moment of challenge, understanding that it is just an impermanent moment in order to really appreciate the challenge. Like, seriously, like, wow, this is kind of a nice feeling. (laughs) And it's not a pleasurable feeling at all. Like, this is, it's nice to not have it so easy. It's nice to be presented with an alternate approach. It's nice to get some fire under my ass. It's nice to to feel this again, you know? And it's taken me basically my whole life to accept challenge in this way. And this is probably only in the past year or two where I've been able to really sink into it, like really truly appreciate the darkness, the cloud cover, and, and be there. Not distract myself, not turn away, not not run away from the cloud and hop in back into the light, to really be there with it and and to enjoy it actually while it, while it's there, even though it's not a typically or traditionally enjoyable aspect of life. So here's a couple of recommendations. Recommendation number one is to really look at your day to day life, your just everyday normal life. And ask yourself, where in your life are you seeking pleasure? Like, for example, the worst kind of pleasure seeking, in my personal opinion, is routine pleasure seeking. And what I mean by that is creating a routine in your day around seeking pleasure. So, for example, maybe it's nighttime, 10 o'clock, and you're watching a movie or a show or whatever, 
And this is the time in the day and the night where you snack and you're like, oh, I'm snacky. I'm going to go ahead and grab a bag of chips. You know, the worst thing about seeking pleasure is the routine aspect behind it, because all of a sudden now it's something that you indulge in every single day, almost through obligation, almost through pattern recognition, through trigger. It's not necessarily through the want, need and desire in that moment. I truly believe that the best place we can be in is have all pleasure a almost like a surprise experience. Surprise, it's a beautiful sunny day. And you didn't know that because the weather app told you that it was going to be rainy today. Surprise pleasure is the best kind of pleasure. Because we don't anticipate it, therefore we do not long for it, therefore we don't technically even need it to be happy. The best place we can all be in is not needing pleasure to be happy. And unfortunately, most of us can't say that we would be happy without the pleasure and comfort of a of a bed, the bed that we have, right? And this really goes back to a lot of the Buddhists who are like, I sleep on the floor. No pillow, no nothing, just sleep on the floor. I uh, eat one meal a day and it's usually rice and then I have some lemon tea. And it's that simple. It's that simple because they actually want to avoid seeking pleasure. And once again, I think it's okay to have pleasure in our life. I think it's okay to have, you know, that cookie once a week or something like that when you're craving it. Like, have you ever, I've done this before and it's it's a gross feeling. Have you ever snacked at night and you eat some chocolate and you're like, you know what? I don't even want this. Why am I eating it? It's because you're eating it through routine pleasure. You're eating it through obligation. You're not eating it because you actually want it in the moment, right? If you cancel out all routine in your life and you're just present from moment to moment, then it means that you're always showing up for the challenge in a present way and you're always showing up for the pleasure in a present way. And both of them can be beautifully contributing aspects of your life in both very different ways but you're down for it. You're down for both experiences. It's almost like we have to ask the question, why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing it for the sake of doing it? Are you doing it for a means to an end? Are you doing it for the pure joy of doing it? Ah, you know what? I do yoga when I intuitively feel I need to do yoga. I think that's what it is. I think we can still have access to candy and chocolate. We can still have access even to porn, even though I don't agree with that world at all. Let's say we can still have access to orgasm. That's a a much better way of, of putting it. We can still have access to really good foods or really nice, beautiful, sunny weather or like deep conversations with random people. We can still have access to Amazon, for example but only when it's applicable in the moment. So it's not really the question of having pleasure in your life. It's really the conundrum of seeking pleasure. If you're seeking it, then typically you're utilizing something pleasurable, like putting out a post to get the likes, in order to distract yourself or make yourself feel better. So basically for validation or distraction. And that's where it becomes icky. That's where you feel gross about the things that you do because you're not doing them from a noble or authentic place. 
If you're like, I'm going to post today because I feel like this is the picture that I want to post with, with no expectation of an outcome or any sort of gratification, then, then do it. So I guess it really comes down to pleasure and pain, but intuitively in the moment without any sort of structure. I remember not too long ago, I was on a podcast for an interview and it was like an entrepreneurial podcast. And one of their like go-to questions for every episode was like, what's your routine? Like, tell us about your routine. And I just kind of chuckled and I said, the only routine that I have is not having a routine. I wake up every day. I ask myself, what's my intention for the day? And then I align what I need to align to that day the way that it needs to align in the moment. Like right now, recording this podcast. There are a million other things that I could be doing, but this is what I felt most excited about doing. And I think this is, this is the ultimate solution with pleasure. We need to stop ourselves from routine pleasure. We need to stop ourselves from actively seeking pleasure. We need to be okay with the challenge. We need to be okay with the clouds and the darkness. And we need to free up our space in our reality to make sure that we're okay with whatever hops into our lap. Yes, have a structure, but also be unstructured in the way that you experience life. Because if you think, I'm going to have a really productive day, and then shit hits the fan, and you're like, oh my god, I didn't do anything today, and then I'm going to kick myself for not doing anything, you're you're trying to conform to what you attached yourself to, rather than just experiencing what life has. A little bit of structure, a little bit of flex, a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of challenge, and the world is a happy place. So I hope that this episode really gave you a lot of food for thought. I want to encourage all of you to check out my Cosmic Society membership. A lot of you want more videos. I take off my YouTube videos pretty much every month and I pop them over to the membership. We have close to a thousand membership videos at this point in time. So many of them, hundreds of them, are completely exclusive, never before public, never before released. If you sign up as a creator, not only do you get an 11-11 discount every month, which means you can apply $11 to any digital product we have, including courses, workshops, and of course the Galactic Federation Summits. And on top of that, you get access to every single video in my entire library for you to watch over and over again at any time. Not to mention community aspect and oracle card pulls and all of that great stuff. Just so many juicy things a part of this membership. So head on over to elizabethapril.com, log in, upgrade, check it out, and connect with other starseeds from all over the world. As always, thank you so much for being here at this time. Keep up the good work. I am sending all of you the most amount of unconditional love. And I'll see all of you in the new Earth frequency. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.